All right, well, good morning again, everyone. Uh, glad we can be together. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a uh, project in our house. I installed a new vanity in our upstairs bathroom. And, uh, you know, last week was Confessions of a Lazy Person and how I'm lazy. And we had this box for weeks, the vanity, and I just was not getting to it. Uh, the only reason I decided to deal with it was because our kids started putting it together, our boys. And they made it most of the way through the first step. Um, but all the pieces were just around our bedroom. <laughs> so if we wanted to use our bedroom at all, we had to put this thing together. So still lazy guy. I still hold that card uh, legitimately there. Uh, so anyway, we put this thing together. Um, assembling the cabinet wasn't the hard part. Even installing the faucet and getting all that stuff hooked up and getting it working wasn't the hard part. The hard part was getting the vanity flush against the wall. So it had legs, four legs on the bottom, and to get it flush against the wall, I had to cut away little sections of the trim on the floor so that the legs could go right up against the wall and the sink would be flush up against it. We can caulk it and then water wouldn't spill back behind there and everything. So I had to, you know, cut away the little sections of, of trim to push it up against the wall. So I started with a little box cutter. Uh, and I was like trying to whittle it away with trim and Mike's laughing. <laughs> it was taking forever. It was going so slow and I'm almost like cutting my fingers off every... So it became apparent very quickly that I needed, what I needed was the right tool. Uh, and so I reached out to some neighbor friends to see if they had one that I could borrow. But when none of them did, I got to go to Home Depot and buy a new power tool, one of those reciprocating multi-tool things. Uh, they're so awesome. I've seen Mike use one before. Oscillating. <laughs> Oscillating. <laughs> yes, I, yes. <laughs> I bought the right tool. I wrote the wrong word. So anyway, so I'd never had one, and a number of my neighbors were like, hey, I've been wanting to get one too, so if you get one, let me know. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I made it home with it, I plugged in one of my battery packs, I went to work, and I had those little notches of the trim cut out in like five minutes. I may never use that tool again, uh, but it was worth every penny <laughs> to get that job done, because what I needed in that moment was Mike Rowe. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> what I needed in that moment was more power, right? More power than what I could get with a little, with my hands and a little box cutter. And today's topic actually speaks to this, a new kind of power that we need. We are in our series called Metamorphosis, and we're talking about five changes that we undergo as followers of Jesus. We talked about the change from a worldly point of view to a spiritual point of view. Uh, we talked about our change uh, from a selfish perspective to a selfless perspective, uh, and then our change from comfortable to missional, or wishinal to missional, as we talked about last week. And today, we are talking about our metamorphosis from cowardice to courage. So we're using a theme verse throughout this series to help anchor us throughout it over the weeks. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we will need this today. This, this metamorphosis, the, the change, the renewing of our mind, we need this from the power of the Spirit because the metamorphosis that we're talking about today is so counterintuitive. So backward, so upside down from our culture and our instincts that it has to come from the Spirit of God. Right? Otherwise, it never would have even occurred to us, and we'd never make the change. So let's read from our passage this morning. We are in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 7 and 8. That's on page 563, if you're using the Bibles here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 7. Uh, Paul is kind of a, Paul who's writing this letter is kind of a spiritual mentor uh, to a younger minister in the faith named Timothy. Uh, Timothy is young, he's inexperienced, but incredibly dedicated to Christ. Uh, and Paul has put him in leadership of a church that uh, Paul has started to help get it organized and keep it going. Uh, and in this instance, Timothy may have been experiencing some doubt uh, or some fear. Uh, in his work, because Paul tells him this, starting in verse 7, about his, his and our metamorphosis from cowardice to courage. So for 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So a couple quick things here. Paul was in prison for his work for Jesus and his gospel, his, his good news. And similar to today, back then, if someone was in prison or arrested, it would have brought shame on them and their cause and their families so the fact that Paul was imprisoned because of his faith would culturally have brought shame on him. It would have brought shame on his faith. And it would have brought shame on anyone who associated themselves with him or with that faith. But here Paul is saying, look, don't be ashamed of this message or of me. Be proud of the gospel of Jesus. Be proud of the chains. And this is totally upside down from how this shame and honor culture would have viewed the situation. Secondly, Paul talks about this change from a spirit of timidity to a spirit of courage. Now, the word courage isn't used here specifically, but that's essentially the idea, the overarching principle. The spirit of God does not give us fear, but rather courage. And he lists the word timid specifically, but then what does he give as its opposites, right? He, he uses the word timid, but then he gives some opposites of that, the, the, the describers of this courage that we are given. Those words are power, love, and self-discipline. Huh. The word power, I could see as being similar to courage, right? But love... And self-discipline? I'm not so sure about those. Now, it could be, it could be that Paul is describing a different kind of power. A different 
kind of courage than what we are used to thinking about today. One of my sources laid it out this way, and this, is, this was great. This is from the Believer's Bible Commentary. But God has given us a spirit of power. It's talking about this, these verses that we just read. Unlimited strength is at our disposal. Through the enabling of the Holy Spirit, the believer can serve valiantly, endure patiently, suffer triumphantly, and, if need be, die gloriously. <laughs> God has also given us a spirit of love. It is our love for God that casts out fear and makes us willing to give ourselves for Christ, whatever the cost may be. It is our love for our fellow men that makes us willing to endure all kinds of persecutions and repay them with kindness. Finally, God has given us a spirit of self-control or self-mastery. We are to use discretion and not to act rashly, hastily, or foolishly. No matter how adverse our circumstances, we should maintain balanced judgment and act soberly. It's a great description of what we're seeing there. So what is the rallying cry for this passage? Right? We have been given this courage that results in power, love, and self-discipline. Therefore, Join me in suffering. <laughs> Charge. What is this courage for? What, what is this power for? What, what does it enable? Winning? Political influence? A larger church? No. It enables and empowers our suffering. That's what Paul is calling Timothy to join him in. And, and, and I get it. There are definitely issues that we should take action on, right? Like problems in our society that need to be fought. But the courage that we need, the power that we fight with, is not the power or courage that our society and culture uses. It's not about rioting, it's not about boycotting, it's about taking concrete action, but using the tools of Jesus, co-suffering, witnessing to a better way, a way of love and self-discipline, and power from the Spirit of God. Instead of being timid in the face of suffering, in the, in the face of hardship, we have courage that our God gives us, that our God gives us power to endure suffering for the gospel, love for those committing that suffering, and self-discipline to endure it well. This courage, this transformation from cowardice to courage, isn't about being able to fight back blow for blow. It's not about being confrontational. It's about the self-discipline needed to love others even as we suffer by their hand. Back when I was in late elementary school through middle school, uh, late, late middle school, I took martial arts. And uh, my martial arts training emphasized discipline and knowing how and when to strike. 
Um, it helped me move from cowardice to courage in school because I was physically bullied throughout my junior high school and high school years. Uh, yet my training and confidence and courage that I gained didn't stop the bullying, it increased it. This kind of confidence to fight back only made me more of a target because people wanted to see me fight. I could end individual provocations. I could, I could end fights. But it increased the number that I had to fight. It didn't do anything to solve the problem. I had confidence and courage, but that courage didn't help me or anyone else. I needed a different kind of power. The kind that brings strength and self-discipline to endure it well, but beyond that, to love my bullies well. See what I mean by this metamorphosis being so completely upside down from what our world tells us? Now, I'm speaking about individual bullying that I experienced. Um, but what about systemic things or, or larger conflicts? Well, today I'm not giving a prescription for nations. Okay, I'm talking about our call as followers of Jesus. What will our witness be? But as I pondered the question of larger systemic issues and conflicts, I was reminded so much of Martin Luther King, Jr., um, and his approach to fighting the systemic injustice and individual biases of racism back in his day. Uh, he drilled his people in non-resistance and not fighting back when they went to like sit-ins, where they would go to diners and sit in seats that were reserved for white people. They knew that when they did that, they would be harassed, beaten, spit on, all these horrible things. And yet, they were to remain sitting, praying for and loving their enemies, and not using power or force against them. This is exactly the kind of thing that Paul is talking about here. I mean, yes, Paul is talking about suffering for the gospel. But as we've said before here, reconciliation is the work of the gospel. Our souls are made right. Brought to wholeness, reconciled, rightness before God. And it brings other relationships and broken systems back to rightness and completion and wholeness before God. And as I thought through King's witness, I wanted to share something that he said in his essay called Loving Your Enemies, which fits right in with Paul's teaching here. I think it's going to be up there. Yeah. To our most bitter opponents, we say, we shall match your capacity to inflict suffering by our capacity to endure suffering. We shall meet your physical force with soul force. Do to us what you will, and we shall continue to love you. Throw us in jail, and we shall still love you. Bomb our homes and threaten our children, and we shall still love you. Send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our community at the midnight hour and beat us and leave us half dead, and we shall still love you. Be, but be ye assured that we will wear you down by our capacity to suffer. 
one day we shall win freedom. But not only for ourselves. We shall so appeal to your heart and conscience that we shall win you in the process. And our victory will be a double victory. I've never felt like such a wimp in my life. It sounds an awful lot like what Paul is talking about in our passage today. More importantly, this looks an awful lot like the witness, teaching, and example of Jesus himself. Another example of this kind of power, courage, love, self-discipline, was shown by the Amish community right here in Pennsylvania a few years ago. Back in 2006, there was a school shooting, which in itself is unfortunately all too common. Ten young girls were shot, and five died in that one little, that little one-room schoolhouse, Amish schoolhouse, before the gunman turned the gun on himself. In a move that shocked the onlooking world, the Amish community ended up forgiving the gunman. Several of the families that had just buried their own daughters the day before attended the killer's burial service where they hugged his widow and hugged other members of the killer's family. A year later, news came out that some of the victim's families had also been donating money to the killer's family to help cover bills. This act of forgiveness didn't mean that they were completely over it. (laughs) They still needed therapy. A lot of them suffered PTSD and all the horrible after effects of school shootings. But they didn't have the pain of revenge or hatred piled on top of that. Maybe some did. This spirit of non-resistance, this spirit of love and self-discipline is not about being timid. It is not the coward's way. It takes a strength and power that only the spirit of God can provide. It's the more difficult way. Listen, it takes a lot more strength to love an enemy than to take a swing at them. What is our courage for? Power, love, and self-discipline. So join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, Paul says. New Testament courage is not about courage to overcome our enemies with force of will and power of arms. It's about overcoming our enemies with the power of the Spirit and our capacity to suffer. In Romans 12, 17 to 21, just a few verses down from our series theme verse, same chapter, we read this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sounds a lot like the, that Amish example from the school shooting. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. God's wrath. For it is written... It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Which again is just an expression from back then. It meant make them feel bad about the way they've been treating you. And then it ends with, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We don't, we don't know how to suffer well here in America. Never really had to. Right? I'm grateful for that. <laughs> there are so many things I am grateful for about being here in America. But one of the great great things about the lives, lives that we can have is that we're very unpracticed at suffering. Most of us have never suffered. Now, some of us have suffered loss and pain. That, that, that is very true. But I would be willing to bet that almost none of us have suffered for the gospel. At least not like Paul or the people back in those days did anyway. We don't know how to suffer because we've never practiced it. You know, we don't, we don't even really know what it looks like or feels like. You know, we feel the slightest discomfort or teasing or intolerance about our faith, and we think that that's suffering. It is not. It's uncomfortable, sure. And I, I totally agree with that. I don't like that stuff either. I don't, en I don't enjoy that. It doesn't feel good. But it isn't suffering. But understanding the truth of today's metamorphosis can help us to meet it well when the time comes. Matthew 5. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Deuteronomy 31. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then our passage from today, 2 Timothy. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Jesus endured suffering well. And when I think about Jesus suffering, my mind goes straight to the cross. And for sure, that is the biggest example <laughs> an instance of his suffering for us. But he also experienced extreme hunger in the desert. He experienced exhaustion. He experienced betrayal from his close friends. He suffered ridicule, physical beatings, and false accusations. Jesus suffered. Is power, love, and self-discipline our witness today. As a church here at Marsh Creek, is that what we are showing to our neighbors? As members of this faith community, what is our witness to our friends and families? This is a tough one. 
It is so counter to what I initially think and hear and even desire for myself. But ultimately, who am I supposed to be following? Whose witness am I supposed to be bearing? It's not mine. It's not my culture's. It's the witness of Jesus himself. I'm going to pray to close this time of our service together. And if you're having trouble with this one, if you want to come talk to me, please let me know. Or maybe you're not even sure you agree with me on this. <laughs> talk to me about that too. Maybe you've been hearing that, that force of will is what's needed in our current cultural moment. Maybe this just sounds so backwards that it, it can't be the the overall witness of scripture, can it? I'd love to get together and talk through some of this stuff, chew on this, because it's a tough one. So let's go to God now to seek his power that gives us his donkey kingdom courage. <laughs>